Welcome to the Buick Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Marion, and on this podcast, we dive deep into the outdoors. We discuss hunting and fishing techniques, give you tips and tricks, tell stories, and everything in between to help you enjoy the outdoors. This podcast is brought to you by Northbound Gear. Northbound Gear makes some of the best affordable outdoor gear on the market today. I have all of their pants, their tactical jacket, and the Apex jacket. I can't say anything but good things about their clothing, and I wear this stuff daily. I just put the Adventure water-resistant pants and the Apex waterproof jacket to the test on my latest overnight ice fishing trip, where the wind chill made the temperature drop down to minus 41, and it kept me warm and dry. If you want to check out their lineup of clothing and accessories, head over to northboundgear.co and use my promo code SHELDON15 at checkout to receive 15% off your order. That's northboundgear.co and use my promo code SHELDON, the number 1, and the number 5 at checkout to save 15% off your order. Hey everyone, welcome back to another Buke Outdoors podcast. If you're new here, I'm your host Sheldon Marion. And before we get things started, you got to go over a couple of things. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube and you got things to do, you got places to go or whatever, or you're just tired of seeing my ugly mug, uh, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. Just search up the Buick Outdoors podcast and you'll find us there. Also, if you are just listening to us and you want to watch it, uh, we have the video version up on our YouTube channel. Uh, if you just go over to YouTube, punch in Buick Outdoors, you'll find us over there. And we also have a podcast playlist so you can listen to this one or any of our other ones that are on the platform. But... Uh, Anyways, we're starting to get into some nice, warm, spring-like weather, and it's getting us pretty excited here. Uh, last week here, I took the dogs out on a little camping trip. We got to plus six the one day. So we had a nice little overnight camping trip under the stars out in the bush. Uh, that video was up on YouTube here now, so uh, if you want to check that out, you can head over and check that out. Uh, but yeah, this year we have, uh, some pretty big plans so far. Uh, I don't think we're going to be traveling nearly as much as we did last year, just because of, uh, the price of gas and everything like that. It's kind of getting to be quite a bit higher than last year. So it's, we can't quite afford to, uh, travel nearly as much as we'd like to. Uh, but with that being said, there is a ton of stuff that we can do really just in our own backyard uh right here where i live out in buick uh the stuff that grows just in my yard is phenomenal i got mushrooms that grow here uh, we got dandelions clover roses we got saskatoon trees uh birch trees so i mean like even without really even having to leave my own house or my own yard i would be able to do a pile of videos just on the wild edibles and stuff that grow right here in my yard and i think this year that's gonna be kind of my main focus is uh basically wild edibles uh mushrooms camping out with the dogs or with the woman building lean-to shelters and stuff like that uh basically showing you guys that you you really don't have to go very far to enjoy the outdoors uh Especially all the books and knowledge that you can get off the internet. Uh, it's just phenomenal what you can get. Uh, 
I have two books here that I'm going to be talking about here in just a little bit. But, uh, yeah, so far for our plans this year, uh, I think mainly it's going to be, like I said, the wild edibles, mushrooms, maybe a little bit of photography. Uh, we're going to be doing some fishing, camping. Uh, of course, we got bear hunting coming up here in May. I take three weeks off of work and head out to the bush, and I just hunt like crazy i uh, usually have several people come out and join in on the fun out there uh, they spend whether it's a day a week two weeks out there with me uh doesn't really matter to me and uh yeah we always have a, a great time i'm hoping to get uh two bears this year and then uh i'm really hoping that shelby gets at least one maybe two bears as well that way i can make up pile of smokies sausages and roast because uh, this year too i also want to mainly focus on kind of eating food that i can gather myself so whether it's fish prawns crabs bears moose deer elk whatever you know i just i really don't want to be relying on the grocery store overly too much here this year uh again it's a personal preference i enjoy wild game much more than i like store-bought stuff but it's also a, a cost thing as well. Everything is kind of going up in price right now. And, uh, you know, I'd rather spend my money on fuel or bait or tackle or camping gear instead of a $40 steak from the grocery store kind of a thing. Uh, also, I might be getting back into trail cameras just to kind of see what's around here. Uh, the moose population, it's it's extremely low, but... Maybe if I have enough trail cameras set up, I can see if there's an increase in population. If there is, I might hunt moose, but uh, I'm really, I'm really not too sure about that here yet. Uh, I think the moose still need quite a few more years uh, to repopulate before I feel comfortable hunting them. But uh, yeah, some of these books that I got here, uh, one of the biggest ones that I got. That I'm really looking forward to. Uh, it's called the Boreal Herbal Wild Food and Medicine Plants of the North. And it's a guide to harvesting, preserving, and preparing. Uh, it's a big, thick book. Uh, it's probably 10 inches wide, 11 inches tall. Uh, and it's about an inch thick. So there's... There is so much info that you can get off this. Uh, if you're wanting to pick one up, you can go to borealherbal.com, and I'm sure they sell them online there. Uh, this one was 45 bucks, but when you open this thing up, there is so much info. Like any wild plant that grows around here, I'm sure you will find it in here. And uh, I got one of these pages marked, and it is on what grows in pretty well everybody's yard, and that's a dandelion. And with the dandelion, it tells you all the fancy names for it, uh, what family it's from, uh, the description of it, habitat and range, uh the parts of the plant that are used, so it's roots, stems, leaves, and flowers. Uh, the harvesting times, the medicinal actions, medicinal preparations, 
medicinal uses, food uses, nutritional profile, cosmetic uses, other uses, uh, some cautions. Then there's also in this book just a phenomenal amount of uh, recipes and stuff. Uh, this one here, uh, read on the basically one of the first pages, it's dandelion wine. And then on the right-hand side, it says additional recipes. And I counted them earlier, and I think there was 23 recipes just for dandelions. And again, this is something that grows in everybody's yard. And uh, the amount of stuff that you can use dandelions for, it is phenomenal. I know a lot of people, they think dandelions are are a weed and they like to kill them and get rid of them uh me personally there's a spot in my yard uh it's a it's a really big patch uh that grows dandelions like crazy and i just leave it i don't mow it or anything like that and it brings in a pile of bees uh in the spring until the dandelions kind of naturally just kind of dry up and die and then the clovers come in and again i don't cut the clovers i let them grow and stuff like that uh again for the bees and then also for this year it'll be uh for basically picking and eating that as well and there's a page for uh red clover in there as well and uh you know some of the things that you can use with dandelions uh some people make like uh it's almost like a dandelion honey kind of a thing you take the flowers put it into honey mix it all up and I guess people eat it. I haven't tried that before. Uh, one thing I have done though is I've ate the leaves. They taste excellent in salads. Uh, same thing with clovers. Uh, the clover heads, leaves, pretty well everything on a clover is edible. And really if you just chop it up or just throw it in whole into pretty well any salad, it's phenomenal to eat. Uh, another thing with dandelions too is if you pick the roots, wash them all off real nice. Uh, if you cut them up into, I don't know, maybe half-inch pieces or so, you can roast them. And then once they're done roasting, you can grind them up, and then you can make a pot of coffee. Uh, it's it's a caffeine-free coffee alternative kind of a thing. Uh, also in here, I'll see what it says here for the nutritional things. I know there's a pile of vitamins and minerals and stuff that you can get out of these uh it also says it's like anti-inflammatory it helps you with digestion uh the laxative helps with your stomach there's a bunch of medical terms i'm not even gonna try to say what those are <laughs> um Alright, so they're an excellent source of vitamin A, B complex, vitamin C and D. They also benef they also supply beneficial I don't know what that is, fatty acids. Uh dandelion leaves and roots contain high amounts of potassium. Leaves contain as much as two hundred and ninety milligrams of potassium per hundred grams, and the roots as much as twelve hundred milligrams per hundred grams. Uh, the roots are also exceptionally high in vitamin A with up to 14,000 IU per 100 grams of dried root. So they're, they're 
jam-packed with a bunch of stuff. And then if I can find the red clover in here, uh, that one has even more. There's vitamin A, C, uh, magnesium, iron. I want to say there's a slight little bit of uh, protein in it as well. But I'm not going to search around here too much longer here for it. Uh, here we go, red clover here. Uh, just give me two seconds while I look for it. So there's vitamin A, C, E, K, and B12. Minerals such as calcium, magnesium, chromium, iron, manganese, niacin, phosphorus, potassium, selenium, silicon, thiamine, trace amounts of zinc, and small amounts of protein. And that, again, that's red clover. Another thing that just grows pretty well everywhere. And there's roses in here. Uh, there's every berry that's manageable. Uh, currants, juniper, soap berries. And then there's also things on, like, your spruce trees, birch, tamarack. And then uh, in the back is where you get into a bunch of uh, medicinal and tinctures and herbal infusions, uh, salves, ointments, balms, uh, poultices, foot baths, juices, sauces, and dressings. So this Boreal Herbal book, I think we're going to be going through this quite a bit here this year. And uh, just trying a little bit of everything. I know uh, one thing I like to try is spruce bud tea. Uh, in the spring, when your spruce trees are just starting to kind of uh, wake up, I guess, kind of a thing. Uh, the buds will start growing on the very tips of the branches. And when you can grab them, you can smell like that real sprucey sap in them. You can pluck them all off and you can make kind of like a herbal tea kind of a thing out of that so i really want to give that a try and see uh see what that's like like it might be good but it might be terrible too i'm not too sure uh but we're definitely gonna give that a go uh also in basically the start of april until the end of may you can uh, tap birch trees and uh that's something that i'd like to do pretty well every year uh i've made a video of that uh i think twice now on the channel but you know it's something that is just it's really cool to see uh it's easy to do and anyone can go out and do it uh basically you have to get them in the springtime when uh when they're just starting to kind of bud on the end of their their branches because that's when all the sugars and stuff are running up the tree and then uh, when you tap into it you collect it in a cup or a bucket uh, you can either tap it with a knife, you just cut a little V notch in it. Uh, you only have to go in maybe a quarter of an inch into the bark. And when you do that, I run a piece of duct tape onto the tree that goes into a cup. And then you collect it that way. Uh, the problem with that though is a lot of times uh, the birch water itself kind of gets between the tape and the tree. And then your tape falls off or it just creates like a little stream. And uh, you can't quite... You miss a lot of the birch water and uh you know that birch water it's phenomenal 
on its own, especially when you're doing it uh, in April when it still gets cold at night. Uh, when you go and collect all your water, you have to kind of break the ice off the very top of it and you just drink it straight off of the tree. And it's like the world's best mineral water. I I don't know how else to describe it. It, it tastes like a slightly sweet spring water. And when it's in April and you bust the ice off of it, it's extremely cold. And man, is it ever good stuff. Uh, the only caution with that is that you don't want to drink overly too much of it. If you drink whatever, one to two cups of it, you're fine. But uh, the one year I learned the hard way that it is a laxative. So if you drink more than uh, two cups, uh, you're, uh, you're going to be making a few pit stops on your way home. <laughs> But what I like to do too, uh, when I get real serious about tapping them, is I have uh, a drill bit that's slightly smaller than half inch, and I drill that into the tree again, like like that quarter inch to half inch mark, and then I use mail uh, by mail plumbing taps for like hose connectors, and I put that into the tree, and then I drive a nail into the tree, and I put a bucket underneath that. And then that way you can collect just a pile of this birch water. And I, uh, I'll go around and I'll tap anywhere between 20 to 50 trees. And then uh, basically, well, it kind of depends on how the trees are running. Some trees, they, they run like a tap is open. Others, they just kind of slowly drip. So that kind of determines on how often you can uh, collect all your birch water. But there's been some years uh, where I go around about four times a day and I'll collect oh, about 10 to 15 gallons every trip. So that's like 40 to 50 gallons a day in birch water that I collect. And then I bring it home, put them into a big pot on the propane burner outside and you just slowly simmer and boil it down. Uh, and you can create just some phenomenal birch syrup. Uh, it's the same exact process as making maple syrup. Uh, the only thing is with maple syrup, the, the water that you get from maple trees, it's about 75 to 80% water, where with birch, it's like 95% water. So it, it does take a very long time and it's a slow process. But what you're left with is just some phenomenal birch syrup. Uh, it also works great for marinating fish in or uh, marinating jerky. If you use birch syrup and then like a little bit of pepper kind of thing, it's a phenomenal jerky recipe and you don't need anything else other than maybe a little bit of salt if you like that. Uh, also with birch, in the at the very beginning, there's more sugars going up the tree then later on in the year, uh, or sorry, I got that backwards. In the beginning, there's less sugar than later on in the year. The problem, though, with later on in the year is you once you get a little bit later, uh, you start to get more into like the bitterness side of things because the there's like a peak week, basically, of when there's a ton of sugar running through. And then after that, it, it kind of piddles out. So once it starts to piddle out, you'll definitely taste it in your water and in your syrup. Uh, also, when you're boiling it all off, uh, at first, I use grape a huge stainless steel uh, 
uh, pots for that. And at first, you can have a nice big rolling boil. But once it starts to get lower, you want to really slow it down so it's just kind of steaming off. Uh, that way you don't burn it. Because if you burn it, you're just toast. It's it's done. Uh, last year, I had one batch that... I'm not too sure if I scorched it or if it was just because it was such later in the year and it didn't quite taste as good as the stuff beforehand but uh you know it's just something to be mindful of uh what i like to do too is i basically run my propane burner for like two or three days straight because i start off with the great big huge stainless steel uh pot and once it gets down to about half i just grab my filtered uh birch water that I went out and I collected and I just top up the pot and I just keep doing that until I'm either tired of collecting or I'm ready just to make a full batch of syrup and then uh, as it gets lower I transfer it into a smaller pot and then basically once it gets down to that last little bit uh, I put it into a really small pot and I bring it into the house and I finish it on the stove in the house uh, and when you do that make sure your range hood uh, clean that off beforehand because it's going to be steaming for probably about four to six hours sometimes longer and if you have any like dirt and grime or grease or anything like that there's a good chance it'll drip down into your syrup and you you really don't want to be drinking that stuff uh it'll probably give you a bit of an off flavor uh but then also uh this spring um well all throughout the year too is i'm going to be Looking at another book of mine here. Uh, this one here is the National Audubon Society Field Guide to Mushrooms. And this has got to be one of the best mushroom books I've ever found. Uh, this one was 34 bucks. Uh, the publisher is Alfred A. I don't even know how to say that last name. K-N-O-P-F. But if you go to www.aaknopf.com, uh, you might be able to find it there and order it offline. If not, I picked it up at uh, our local bookstore here in the mall. But this thing is really, really cool. Uh, at the very beginning, uh, the way they have it all laid out is pretty sweet. They have kind of like your typical shapes, uh, the mushroom families, and then what page that it's on. So here I got just the black morale uh, bookmarked here. So if you go mushroom number 713 black morale, it says page 326. And then here you have extremely clear pictures of the mushroom and then when you go to page 326 it tells you everything you need to know about the mushroom uh, give me two seconds here I'll find the page uh, almost there here oh, one more so if I go to page 326 it's Black morale, it tells you the species, the family, uh, the description, black ribbed, 
honeycomb cap on a whitish stock. It tells you the size of the cap is three three quarters to one and five eighths of an inch, two to four centimeters wide. Uh, three quarters to two inches, two to five centimeters high. Elongate and narrowly conical with dark gray to black longitude and radial ribs, sometimes irregular. Long yellow brown pits attached to stock at base, hollow. The stalk's two to four inches, which is five to ten centimeters long. Three quarters to one and five eighths, two to four centimeters thick. Whitish granular to mealy hollow. Uh, tells you the spores. The edibility is choice. Uh, choice meaning top notch, like it's it's the best one of the best ones to eat. Uh, tells you the habitat on the ground with coniferous woods, especially spruce on sandy soil and mixed woods associated with pines and poplars in recently burned areas. Range throughout North America. Uh, then there's some comments. Black morale may be a com may be a complex of particularly indigestible varieties, including pex morale, conical morale. The black morale is often the first true morale to appear in the spring, usually in poplar woods. Although it is an excellent edible, it may cause stomach upsets, especially if taken with alcoholic beverages. Most wild mushrooms are indigestible. Do not eat them raw or in large quantities. So it's nice that it, it gives you a full description of what the mushroom is. It shows you a, an excellent picture of it. Tells you about the lookalikes, the habitats that it grows in. Uh... If it's edible or not, uh, where you can find them. A lot of times, I don't really think. Yeah, there's a season here too, so April to May. Around here, I think it's the kind of the base rule for morels is kind of when the ground temperature is 10 degrees or warmer for like a sustained week, and then after that, they're able to grow. Uh, and then here. There's 750 mushrooms that are all in this book. And there's a like there's just absolutely everything. Uh for the with this book, it's gonna be nice to, to get into mushroom hunting a little bit, but I'm not gonna be eating everything that I find, kind of a thing, you know, like uh Shaggy Mane, I know what those are, chanterelles, uh chicken of the woods, uh morales. Those ones, I'll take a chance and I'll eat those ones. Uh, but then there's a lot of other ones where it's going to be neat just to be able to go look for a mushroom, find it, uh, look it up in this book, and then uh, kind of just slowly start to learn more about mushrooms. Uh, one thing with mushrooms, uh, they can be extremely dangerous. Some of them cause liver failure and will kill you some just kind of give you a really bad upset stomach but either way i don't really want to risk it so uh the ones that i know of that you can eat i will eat uh but the ones where i'm a little iffy about i'm just gonna look at them take pictures and kind of be done with it uh one that i really want to find again uh, i was walking around there a couple years ago in my little old chicken road uh you're walking through the trees and I could smell black licorice and uh, I end up finding the mushroom but I can't remember what the heck it was called 
and I'm pretty sure those ones are edible. But it was it was such a cool little experience. It was kind of like when you're walking down the the riverbank and you can smell mint growing. Uh, but yeah, I was able to find that mushroom just by like pretty well acting like a dog and smelling everything on the ground. But uh, yeah, that was that was a really really cool thing, and uh, it kind of sparked my interest on mushrooms. Plus, we have so many different types and styles of mushrooms that grow around here. Uh, it's just one more cool thing to kind of learn about and uh when it comes to well just learning in general i love to kind of teach myself stuff but then when it's things that are just in my own back backyard uh it's even cooler especially when i can take other people out and show them around and show them a thing or two or take you guys along with me make videos of it or whatever and yeah it's it's pretty neat when you uh when you're able to just kind of sit back, relax, and look around and say, yeah, I know what that is, and this is that, and yada yada, whatever, and it's, uh, it's, it's pretty neat, uh, last year we did a lot of traveling and stuff, and we were going to a bunch of, uh, little fossil sites and, and things like that, and that was really cool being able to stand on a creek bed, and look down and pick up a chunk of, like, 150 million year old coral reef, uh, you know that is just phenomenal and i actually have that right here now if you're just listening to this you're not going to be able to uh to see it but this here that's a big chunk of coral you can see here where one of the arms or the stems came up and the neat thing with this is I found this. One second. The neat thing with that is I found that uh, maybe 100 yards up from this great big huge leaf that I found. So uh, there were some definitely uh, some changes in that area over the millions of years and this leaf like it was it was a huge leaf probably about eight inches wide ten inches tall kind of a thing and what blows me away about like finding things like fossilized leaves is i see how fast leaves uh degrade out in the yard so it, it makes you wonder like what the heck happened for a leaf to be fossilized into stone when it's laying on the ground. Uh, especially when you find it like 100 yards away from a big block of coral. So it, uh, yeah, it's just mind-boggling, kind of really fascinating stuff for me. And it really makes a guy think and wonder and stuff. Uh, also, another thing that we were doing too... Uh, we went down to Tumbler Ridge and we were checking out all the dinosaur tracks. Uh, and that's that's pretty neat to stand on a piece of rock and actually put your hand inside of like a, a dinosaur track. It's it's pretty cool uh, doing that. We found a bunch of like snail fossils and uh, old like clam and oyster fossils and things like that. So it was uh, it was pretty cool and we're hoping to go back again this year and do that again. Uh, but with that being said, is we're not going to be doing that as much this year as we did last year. 
but yeah, we do have quite a bit of plans, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, one thing I'm going to be doing here is while I'm out and about looking at uh, wild edibles and mushrooms and all that stuff, I'm going to be doing quite a few overnight camping trips, whether I'm in a tent or building a lean-to or whatever, and uh, pretty well just hanging out and going camping with the dogs and yeah it's gonna be uh it's gonna be fun i'm i'm really looking forward to it uh one thing i really want to try making this year too after we get a couple of bears is uh i want to take all the fat off i want to render that down and make some bear grease and bear lard whatever you want to call it and then that way we'll use that for like our cooking oils and things uh bear grease it's it's a another one of those phenomenal things to have people use it for waterproofing leather uh you can use it as uh like a moisturizer almost uh you can cook with it it makes phenomenal baking uh it works great just uh in your pans when you're cooking eggs or steak or whatever uh some people even when they're roasting something over fire those taking kind of use it as like a baster kind of a thing and adds a ton of really good flavor to their food uh so i'm really looking forward to giving that a try uh supposedly there's some weird way that you can predict the weather with it too if you put it in a jar in a window uh i can't remember the exact uh things to it something about it turning white means something i don't know i'd have to look into that before blow too much smoke up your butt but uh yeah that's uh that's pretty well our plans for this year uh we do have the holiday trailer so we'll be making a few trips in that it's always nice taking that thing out it's uh man that thing it's more comfortable than my own home uh staying in the holiday trailer so i really look forward to that uh you know during bear season i spent three weeks in the holiday trailer and uh yeah always have people out they spend the night or a week or whatever and man it's a it's a blast to have uh but anyways i think that's uh gonna be it here for today uh if you guys have any uh any tips or tricks when it comes to wild edibles or mushrooms please uh let me know reach out to us send me a message comment on here or whatever or uh, you can find us on our Facebook page, uh, just Buick Outdoors. Send me a message over there, and I'll I'll uh, get back to you guys. And yeah, but anyways, that's all for today. Uh, if you enjoyed this, uh, like the video, leave us a comment, subscribe to the channel. If you're just listening to this, maybe give us a rating, and uh, yeah, let us know how you like this, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one.